in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News. President Joe Biden is returning to the U.S. after a short visit to Israel. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Jennifer Sanders in for Britt Marina. I'm Daniel Marine. The president pledged to back Israel and he pushed to get aid to residents in Gaza as anger mounts over that deadly hospital explosion. Here's Alice Barr. Amid seething tensions in the Middle East, President Biden making a brief but politically potent visit to Israel. You are not alone. Reaffirming U.S. support for Israel's fight after the brutal Hamas terror attack and seeking to contain the bloody conflict following a devastating blast at a hospital in Gaza that killed hundreds of civilians and roiled anger and agony in surrounding countries where protests erupted. While Israel and Hamas trade blame for the hospital explosion, President Biden pointing to the U.S. intelligence assessment that Israel is not responsible. I was outraged and saddened by the enormous loss of life yesterday in the hospital in Gaza. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. The president's planned summit with the leaders of the Palestinian Authority, Egypt and Jordan, canceled in the blast wake, while President Biden announced $100 million in new U.S. humanitarian aid for Gaza and the West Bank, along with an agreement that Israel would allow food, water and medicine from Egypt into Gaza as civilians flee Israeli airstrikes. The suffering is increasing every day. We see streams of people walking south and then the question is where do they go president biden comforting survivors and families of the victims killed in israel sharing emotional stories of loss and hope as the u.s vows support to bring home hostages held in gaza and ease the raw suffering in a region on a knife's edge in washington alice barr nbc news and the president is planning to ask Congress for what he called an unprecedented support package for Israel's defense. It's expected to be combined with aid for Ukraine and the U.S. southern border. You may have seen these flyers with pictures of missing or kidnapped Israelis around our area. They're going up all over the world since the war overseas began. And our Jayla Washington introduces us now to the artists behind the campaign and a local group that's hanging the flyers around town. Stapling these flyers to trees, Ariella, Edith, and a group of mostly Israeli women who live in the Austin area now have put these all around for days. The longer we wait, the less their chances are surviving. This girl I went to school with. Okay, this is her grandmother that's missing. Some of the flyers with people the women know personally. This here is, is my first cousin's, one of her best friends. And some. So this is no longer. A kidnapped sign. Removed from the pile. She's gone. Because they're no longer alive. And this is now an international campaign that just keeps growing. Anyone can go to kidnappedfromisrael.com. You'll see all the people from babies to even elders who are missing. You can click download now and it'll take you to a page with all of the flyers with people who are missing. And you can print individual copies out yourself to hang up. We just Worried sick about them. Nitsan Minsent, her partner Didi Bandaid, started the movement. There are Israel artists currently living in New York and felt helpless. We are approached personally 
by the family members. Means says their team of four has verified names and photos of around 100 missing people with families directly, updating their website every two hours where people download the missing photos. We are their messengers. Who was that? Back here in Central Texas, being a part of this movement is personal, like it is for so many. And all of us here known someone. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. And we've got details about how you can contact the artists who are now updating that website for these missing photos over at KXAN.com. They tell us their database continues to grow. Over in Washington, protesters calling for a ceasefire in Gaza filled the rotunda in a congressional office building today. The demonstrators were part of a march of hundreds of Jewish Americans and their allies. They marched from the National Mall to the Cannon office building. And somehow the protesters were able to get inside. Capitol Police detained some of them. It's not clear what charges they could face, if any. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Temperatures are a handful of degrees warmer than they were 24 hours ago as warm south winds boost temperatures 6 degrees over yesterday in Austin. That means many of us are actually in the lower 80s. You see that warm wind blowing up in Round Rock under mostly sunny skies. The Whittlesey Landscape Supply Cam always on KXAN.com. It's 82 degrees up there. Temperatures in the 80s as well from Dripping Springs to Austin, 82 up in Milam County. Coming up, though, you think it's warm today, you won't want to miss this. New information on a couple of days of record heat, some of the hottest weather we've ever seen this late in the year. Also, your Formula One forecast and when some rain returns. All right, David, thank you very much. A big highway project in Williamson County is now one step closer to being complete, and it's just one of many on the horizon. And KXAN's Mercedes Fernandez spoke to county leaders to find out how they're adapting. A bright blue ribbon cut and a brand new road revealed. It is a constant daily work for us to, to work and move to keep our citizens safe. Williamson County Precinct 4 Commissioner Russ Bowles says this is just the first segment of the East Williamson County Highway to be complete. Eventually, it will be a main thoroughfare for people in Hutto and Taylor. It's also a quick route to Samsung's semiconductor plant. Just days before this ribbon cutting, the county opened the first portion of Samsung Highway. More than anything, it's going to allow for uh, access to projects like Samsung, but it's also, um, it was built in such a way that it keeps our farmers able to move their equipment. This is just one of more than 50 road projects going on in the county. Bowles says each come with their own challenges. The cost of the materials, the cost of the labor has increased. Ken Simonson, chief economist for the Associated General Contractors of America, says finding enough workers can be a struggle with so many projects like this going on. The industry has been adding workers at a stronger rate than the overall economy but not enough to keep up with all of the projects that are happening, particularly where you are in Texas. The highway project still has several segments to go. The funding for part of the project is on the ballot in November. And we're looking to see if the voters want us to continue with this type of construction. In Hutto, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. And going in depth, we told you the Austin area is going to need a lot of workers in the mobility and infrastructure sectors over the next 20 years. A workforce solution study released last week revealed the metro area will need to add about 97,000 positions due to major projects like Austin's light rail expansion, the I-35 expansion, and the airport expansion. The study also found the region needs to improve wages and training in order to attract that top talent.
A Travis County deputy accused of a crime involving a child. What the sheriff herself is saying about the accusations. And answers about the disappearance of Natalie Holloway are finally coming to light. How long her killer will spend in prison. Well, no more votes for Speaker for the House of the House today. Republicans remain stuck after Ohio Representative Jim Jordan failed to win the Speaker's gavel for a second time, even losing votes from yesterday's first round of voting. So Democrats are supporting House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries of New York. Jordan plans to try again with another vote tomorrow at noon. A Travis County Sheriff's deputy is accused of indecency with a child. 39-year-old Kyle Sass faces a second-degree felony. That's according to court documents we obtained. Sass, a senior deputy, has been employed with the Sheriff's Office since 2006. Sass was booked into jail just before 2.30 this afternoon, but was released about 30 minutes later on a $20,000 bond. Sheriff Sally Hernandez released a statement saying, quote, I'm deeply saddened that a Travis County Sheriff's Office deputy is suspected of such a crime. Our agency is taking the matter seriously and the investigation is active and ongoing. The deputy has been placed on administrative assignment. It is shocking and it is horrific to hear a killer that describing the brutal things that he did to my daughter. Beth Holloway, the mother of Natalie Holloway, is feeling a bit of justice today. Joran Vandersloo pleaded guilty to federal extortion and fraud charges today in connection to Natalie's disappearance, and that was back in 2005. He was charged with trying to extort money from the Holloway family for information about Natalie. As part of his plea deal, he admitted in court that he did in fact kill the Alabama teenager on a beach in Aruba. He said he bludgeoned her with a cinder block when she refused his advance and then left her body in the ocean. He was extradited to the U.S. from Peru, where he is currently serving a prison sentence in the murder of another woman. He will now be returned to Peru to continue serving that sentence in concurrence with the 20-year sentence announced today. Well, tonight it's game three of the ALCS as the Rangers take on the Houston Astros for a spot in the World Series. We have a live report from Arlington straight ahead. Well, it's been nearly two weeks since our last measurable rain fell in the Austin area. That will change, though, by the end of the month. And we have some incredible heat right around the corner right after this. And welcome back. So I looked at the calendar. It mm -hmm. says October. I don't know if it feels like October, but it says it. <laughs> in a couple of days, you're not going to believe it's late wow. October with the temperatures that I'm expecting. A warming trend is already underway. South winds still blowing at 23 mile per hour gusts in Austin, 25 miles per hour up in Georgetown. The south winds have meant a warmer day under beautiful sunny skies. We've pushed into the 80s for the first time in the last five days. 82 right now in Austin. Very pleasant weather. 83 in some other other areas. Now, the forecast temperatures, this is really what we need to dive into because we have new information bringing some incredible uh, autumn heat to our area in a couple of days. Here we are overnight, not quite as cool as recent nights. Tomorrow, we may rise into the upper 90s, which by itself is pretty remarkable, although shy of a daily record high in Austin. Here's when the really crazy stuff rolls in. On Friday, we are now more convinced in some of our really crazy computer models, which have been suggesting 100, 103, 
three. I'm not quite convinced of that, but we have raised your forecast highs in Austin to 98 degrees on October 20th. Some areas, as you see here around about the eastern counties, could be threatening the triple digits. If you think this is late in the year for it, you're absolutely right. A forecast high of 98 degrees on Friday, October 20th in Austin would be the hottest temperature we've ever observed this late in the year. The current standing for the hottest that date or later was the same date, October 20th, just a few years ago when we hit 95. I think it's very possible that we beat that. So how on earth is this happening? Well, there are three things going on, and it's worth taking a moment because this is so remarkable. The first thing on Friday when we're threatening 100 degrees, it's these downsloping west winds at around 10 miles an hour. Air that blows downhill from the hill country toward Austin warms up. It's simple physics. The second thing going on, very dry air that will be blowing in over the next couple days. Look at the forecast humidity readings Friday afternoon and evening. This is absurd. You're going to need as much lotion and lip balm as you can handle. Relative humidity might be 6-7% and that dry air really is easy to heat up very quickly. The third thing that we can't ignore, it's just the rising baseline temperatures from a warming climate. An analysis by our partners at Climate Central found that autumns in Austin are now nearly three and a half degrees warmer than they used to be just 50 years ago. So all of this is going to translate to really hot weather for your plans and also for the Formula One races. Record highs in the forecast on Friday and Saturday at 95. Sunday for the actual race out there, clouds thicken up a little bit, keeping us a bit more reasonable. Still pretty warm and no rain. 90 for the race Sunday afternoon. The clouds starting to thicken up uh, this weekend from something going on in the eastern Pacific. This is Hurricane Norma, which looks a little stronger than it is. Winds of 80 miles per hour at Category 1. This thing is heading toward Cabo San Lucas. Then some of the moisture from it could actually fuel some rain here. New tonight, a first look into how much rain we may see next week over the next seven days. Three quarters of an inch to as high as an inch and a half. This is possible, although of course it's a moving target. So stay with us for updates. Tonight's forecast, not as cold, clear skies, southwest winds blowing at 3 to 7 miles per hour. Tomorrow, it's a hot one, but not the hottest we will be, 93 degrees with really low humidity. 98 on Friday, it's possible that some areas are even hotter than that. Next week, though, after a dry Formula One race, rain chances increase and the temperatures come back down. Well, the Texas Rangers continue their playoff run tonight, looking for a spot in the World Series. And Globe Life Field is the place to be as the Rangers host the Houston Astros. And Tobin McDuff joins us live now from Arlington to preview the big game. Hey, Tobin. Hey, glad to be with you. Yeah, game seven coming up. To, or <laughs> game three coming up as the Texas Rangers ride a seven-game win streak into the game. If they can beat the Astros tonight, it'll be eight straight wins, and that would match a Major League Baseball record held by five other teams. Max Scherzer returns to the Texas Rangers rotation. He takes the hill tonight, and, uh, you know, he hasn't pitched in 36 days, but he won't be overwhelmed by the moment. We know that because this will mark his 23rd career postseason start. Back on September 12th when he suffered a shoulder injury, you know, we just kind of knew that he'd be back for October baseball. He's a competitor. All of you know him. That's who he is. Uh, he wants to be part of this. He wants to help this team in any way he can. And this started coming around a lot better than I think he even thought uh, on how fast uh, you know the arm really bounced back. And we even thought about the, the previous uh, series about activating him. We wanted to be a little cautious there, but it's just who Max is. So here's the deal. They. 
start tonight at 7.03. I myself, I'm rooting for the Rangers. Who are you guys rooting for, though? You know, <laughs> what do you think, Janet? <laughs> no comment. Oh, yeah, no comment. There yeah. we go. We'll go with that. Toby McDuff live in Arlington. Thanks so much for that. Well, Elon Musk says X, formerly known as Twitter, is testing out an annual subscription charge for some users. It won't cost much, though. X says the annual subscription charge of $1 is part of a program called Not a Bot, which works to stop spam activity on the platform. It'll first be tested in New Zealand and the Philippines. Musk has previously said the idea is not meant to be a profit driver. Users who are unable or unwilling to pay the annual $1 fee will only be able to view posts and follow accounts, not actually interact with others. We don't know yet when this could be rolled out worldwide. Well, we all know the saying, you snooze, you lose, but there's a study that shows if you hit snooze, you might actually win. How it leads to a better wake up coming up. Tonight on News Nation, the chilling details of Natalie Holloway's death finally revealed. Her killer's stunning confession that solves the nearly two decades old mystery. Plus, the one and only Bill O'Reilly joins Chris to discuss the latest on the war in Gaza and the laborious efforts to elect a new House Speaker tonight on Cuomo. Then on Dan Abrams Live, partisan cable media's rush to judgment with the hospital bombing in Gaza. Former CNN anchor Brian Stelter joins Dan to discuss. Tonight on Dan Abrams Live. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. Ahead on nightly news, President Biden's day here in the war zone, his conversation with Benjamin Netanyahu and what they agreed to do about supply lines going into Gaza. Also, what the U.S. is now saying about that deadly hospital explosion when we see you on NBC Nightly News. Well, the FDA says it will likely ban some hair straightening products that contain ingredients thought to increase the risk of hormone-related cancers, ingredients like formaldehyde and other chemicals. Newer research suggests hair straightening products may increase the risk of certain cancers like breast and uterine. Now, these products are commonly used and heavily marketed to black women, potentially contributing to racial disparities in cancer. Research also shows short-term health issues like skin reactions and breathing difficulties. Our digital reporter Sam Stark has more on the impact of these chemicals, when this ban could happen, and how you can submit some public comments under this story at KXAN.com. If you're concerned that hitting the snooze button multiple times in the morning could hurt your sleep, you can now rest easy. There's a new study that shows it really doesn't have an impact on sleep quality. A study published by the Journal of Sleep Research today shows hitting this button multiple times over 30 minutes might spark alertness more quickly than sleeping through it without a break. Now, the participants' cognitive abilities were tested right after they got out of bed and then again 40 minutes later. So when it came to the performance on those tests, including recalling past experiences and testing reaction times and solving math problems quickly. Those who press snooze appear to have an advantage right out of the gate, but after about 40 minutes, it found no difference. Tonight on KXAN, it's Quantum Leap at 7, followed by Magnum PI at 8 o'clock, and then Chicago Fire at 9. And then, of course, we're back here with KXAN News at 10 o'clock. Or you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 over on CW Austin. Here's where to find us.